The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. It is Texas Football Today, a show that just can't wait for this year to end. <laughs> My name is Greg Tupper. I'm kidding. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to, the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 58th birthday today. Happy birthday to the star of such movies as The Island of Dr. Moreau, The Snowman, and Batman Forever. Happy birthday to Val Kilmer. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm your Huckleberry. We are back. Uh, We're back uh, after a, a brief hiatus for holiday stuff and we were going to hold off until monday or wednesday rather to do a show yeah but max got too excited i honestly was just sitting around this weekend with nothing to do and i was like i'll probably have time to do a show on and that would still be the end of the year spectacular that miziel has been asking for for so long and since he was kind enough to come say hi to us at the state championships which i know we'll get to in a second why not yeah, do an end-of-the-year show? That's it. So yeah. today is Monday, December 31st, 2018. 332 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 683. 683 Lee Mazzilli's OPS. Sure, his Lester's okay. Texas Rangers career that one year in 1982. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We're doing it live. F it, we'll do it live. We're going to kind of give you our thoughts on state championship games uh, at AT&T Stadium. Uh, just general, you know, scene setting, etc. 12-15... I wonder if he'll have anything to talk about. The head coach of the Longview Lobos, Coach John King, the most John King man who has ever lived, will join us. Uh, John King joins us at 12.15 to talk a little bit about his Lobos. Uh, 12.30, didn't anticipate having this segment today, but we will. Uh, Shahan Jayaraja is in the building, and we will talk to him about the sudden and I would say rather surprising coaching change yeah. uh, as uh, Major Applewhite is out at Houston after just two seasons. We'll talk with uh, uh, Shahan Raja about that, ask about uh, what it all means, why it happened, and where the Cougs go from here. And then back half of the show, final segment of the year, we will rank the 12 UIL state championship games um, from 12 to 1 as far as what are the most memorable, um, what are the most, what were the best games from a neutral spectator perspective, um, I don't know what number one's going to be. <laughs> Just no idea. <laughs> so let's start uh, state championship games. You'll have to flash back about 10 days ago uh, to the UIL state championship games yeah. at AT&T Stadium. We were there. Um, first of all, apparently you guys were there on the site, too. Because uh, yeah. uh, I I, you haven't given me any of the hard numbers, but I know the traffic was uh, That's pretty good. bananas. Uh, I, yeah, I haven't looked at the 
latest numbers. I'm going to finish them. But uh, last I checked, we did three times the traffic <laughs> over last year, which is a huge leap from years before. So hopefully that means we're doing something. Hopefully. Right. But yeah. uh, the UIL State Championship Games at AT&T Stadium. Yeah. Uh, once again, I'll just say it until I'm blue in the face. It is such a singular sports experience. Yeah, it's pretty special. To just totally overdose on yeah. on the best high school football in the world yeah. for four straight days. And if you come for one day, you get a taste. But I feel like if you stay for the full duration, the four days, if you go from the 1A Division two title game all the way to the 6A Division one, it feels like a journey. <laughs> and it feels like... Like I feel like you should do that once in your life. Is you yeah. should carve out those four days once in your life and say, "I'm just going to go and watch all the games," um, because it is. It's a singular sports event. Uh, attendance was once again ex- exceptional, up from last year, uh, up about a little more than fifteen thousand overall. There were like two hundred and twenty-six. I don't have the number right in front of me, but about two hundred twenty-six thousand people for the twelve games. Um, Still chasing 2014. That's the best year. Right? 2014 because that's that's the one. Yeah, I, I, Step has those numbers. Yeah. Um, but we will. Uh, we had a, uh, a a wonderful time there. Um, we kicked it all off. Not to brag, but we kicked it off with Bob's dinner. And, oh, that's uh, true. And and that it's was a faint great. memory that at this great. point. Although, should we tell the story? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we go out to Bob's Steak and Chop House, which is like fancy. <laughs> Basically, Max and I like to. Uh, because the people uh, yeah. who the people who work at uh, Dave Campbell's work so freaking hard yeah. all year, and then we're like, hey, by the way, like it's the end of the football season, and so we're gonna need you to work seventeen times as hard for four consecutive days. Yeah. Uh, as a way of saying thanks, we take people, we take the the staff out to a nice dinner, went to Bob Steak and Chop House, and this year our um, our boss, the president yeah. um, Adam Hockfelder, decided, hey, you know what, like. I'll pick up the tab this year. Yeah. I'll pick up the tab, yeah. which was super nice. Normally, you and I just split it. Yep. We go, we split, go yep. splitsy. And this is a nice place. I mean, we're we're having a good time. We're eating appetizers. We are having drinks. We're having a good time. And so, um, we had nine people this year, which is a that's a career high. Yeah. And we uh and we had fun. Yeah. Did we have fun, Max? We had fun. You saw the bill. Oh yeah, we I had, saw the bill. We had some fun. Yeah. So you pull out Adam's credit card. Yep. And then what happened? It did not work. The card reader just would not read it. <laughs> so we are there staring a. No one knows this. Four-digit bill. I am the one staring at the four-digit yes. bill, and without telling anyone, I was like, "Okay, gonna have to put this on the wife on the uh, joint credit card mm-hmm. and uh, break this to the wife when I get home." Yes. And so I did. And that drive home, I'm dreading it. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh God, she's gonna look at me like I'm an idiot." Like, what? I go, uh, so just so you know, there's going to be a four-digit charge on your credit <laughs> card for a dinner. <laughs> and she goes, okay. And I was like, but Adam, our boss, he's going to pay me back right away. He's He feels bad, you know. And she goes, oh, well, we get double points for dining. So <laughs> you just got us a weekend of hotel rooms. So thank <laughs> your boss for me. Um, so that was great. Yeah. Then we go and state championship games commence. Uh, it was uh, we're going to go through all the games in the back half of the show. We're going to rank the twelve games, uh, so we won't get too far into it. Uh, attendance was great. It was uh, doing the fox stuff was great. Um, I, I, I had more people come up to me. Obviously, this show is growing because I had more people tell us that they watched the show or they've seen the YouTube clips mm-hmm. uh, this year than ever before. Yep, which is fun and yep. great, and we really appreciate it. Yep. And we the first ever 
TF Today meetup. Yes. We did. Uh, yeah. We had a Texas Football Today meetup up uh, up on the concourse before the games on Saturday. All those days run yeah. together to me. Uh, it was Saturday. Saturday. Yep. And good turnout. I was a little worried it would be us and, like, Tony Blaylock and Corey Hogue, which would have been fine. I like them. Uh-huh. But I was a little, <laughs> I was a little worried it would just kind of be, like, the crew, yeah. you know? But lots of people showed up. It we got to meet lots of people. It we was did. amazing. It was uh, wonderful. We, I it surpassed my expectations. You guys were all you guys were all decidedly not creepy, which is and something I don't we think, were worried about. Yeah, I don't. But yeah, no, no everyone yeah. was cool. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how many people were there that day that missed the meetup, but I feel like more people made it than I thought I w- thought they would because I was convinced more than anything that there would be people who wanted to go and did not realize how early they actually needed to be there to make mm. sure it would happen. Yeah, you got to be there like basically right when the doors open. Yeah. Uh, but it was great to meet everybody. It was great to uh, to to take pictures and and chuckle it up uh, with y'all. And um, <laughs> I was uh, I don't know if uh, Miziel told you this. He just said it in the comments, and I forgot he said this. But he was like, "Yeah, you guys are all a lot taller in person." Yeah, you and I and Step. We get that all the time. We get it all the time. No one, no one, like we, we meet a lot of people who see the show or see you on TV. Uh-huh. And, you, and I mean, I don't know. We're all like six two. Yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a shade under six one. Yeah, uh, step uh, is step is like a legitimate big dude. Yeah, like he is six three, six I, four. Yeah, I don't know. He's tall. He's dang tall. He's dang big. He's got them big old arms. Yeah, uh, yeah but and it, you're it, a little it, bit taller than me. Yeah, I'm a. It's just, just a little. It's pretty close, but uh, I think I just have better posture. That's probably true. I'm a slumper. <laughs> but yeah, I I can't count the number of times in the last few years someone's like, "How are you this tall?" I'm like, I don't. I don't think I'm that Sorry. tall. But Sorry? I don't know, but it is weird how, like, you watch someone on a screen and be like, I think it's the opposite. I end up meeting I people. Like, I got to meet a lot of different reporters from Fox who I hadn't seen this year, who I'd seen on TV but I had not met in person that were doing sideline work for you guys. And I was like, wow, they're all a lot shorter than yeah. I thought they were going to be. Like Alexis, Alexis, Alexis Shaw, Shaw is yeah. yeah, she's a uh, tiny human. Sarah Merrifield, you've yeah. met her, but she's Yeah, small. she's very small, yeah. Um, yes. Um, the only one who of, of the Fox reporters who's, who's pretty tall is Jason Spells. Um, he's, yeah. he's he's Jason's, he's yeah. like our size. Yeah, um, but you can tell that because the cameraman is always looking up at him. But it was it was it was excellent. Um, it was great to meet everybody. The the UIL once again once runs a first class event, um, and uh, it, it helps that the games were mostly awesome. We'll get into we'll get into that at the back half of the it show. It was a slow burn till the for the build up. It was. Yeah, we built up to it. It's like um, one of those great songs that slowly builds to the crescendo. I got to meet uh, Calder Hodge. Yeah, uh, you did. The, the, um, a little if, jealous if, of that. If you haven't seen his story um, on Fox Sports Southwest, he's uh, the the kid down in uh, the kid, the guy yeah. down in um, in in Tomball, uh, who's a double amputee. He has no legs, and he's a quarterback, and yeah. he's incredible. And he's got like he's going on like, visits and stuff like that. It's yeah. incredible. This guy's unbelievable, and I got to meet him and spend basically the like entire quarter of the game of one of the games with him and, and yuck it up with him. Um, and apparently, I found out. Watches the show. Sure, my okay. man. All right. I already liked him, but now it's like, okay, yeah. yeah now I'll. Now I really like him. Poor judgment, but, but yeah, great kid. <laughs> yeah, great come on, kid. parents, yeah. get on to it. Yeah. No, it was great to meet Calder Hodge. That was super cool. He got, he got to be out there for the coin flip. Um, yeah. and good. Go to no. I was just say the whole weekend was just fun. I mean, uh, Brent Holman, yes, TFT legend, uh, hung out with us the last two days in the box with us. Uh-huh. We gave him special access. That's what happens when you we get a purple heart. We were like, hey, you know what? We'll let you hang out with yeah, us. Yeah, that's for, a hard and fast rule. If you have a purple heart, we'll we'll we'll, we'll slip some rules for you. Uh, that was awesome. And he, 
you know, we we're all we're sitting there the first couple days, and we really thought, um, you know, the Whittington game was going to be the memory. Yeah, was going to be the thing. You're like, well, if we see nothing else this weekend, we, we saw this what, perhaps the single greatest individual performance in a title game ever. Pretty good, mm-hmm. and we're all going. Dang it! Glad we're all here together. That's great. Good <laughs> job, guys. <laughs> Little did we know. Little did we know. Yeah. What what waited yeah. at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. Um, and it's worth mentioning. I should mention it again. By the way, I got a Vandergriff shirt. Thanks. Shouts to all the coaches who came uh, by the Fox Sports Southwest uh, set, uh, including Drew Sanders, who yeah. gave me a shirt. John Fish yeah. from Bonham got me a Bonham shirt too. So I'm big fan. Um, I got a, a, a Splendora onesie for Hank from uh, from Marcus Schulz. Um, <laughs> we also got I have a, I have a Vandergriff shirt for the swag wall. Uh, nice. The, the swag shrine. Let's uh, go. So. Uh, great to see them, but it's worth mentioning one more thing. It's it's kind of become a tradition at the state championship game. Oh, good. Is um. Uh, is we have to tip our cap once again. I have to tip my cap once again to Kate Hector. Oh, the who, queen who remains the undisputed all-time champion of mascot pictures. Yeah. I I want you to admit. I gave it a run this year. I wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> It's, I think it's, I lost uh, by one this it's, year or it's, two. She's like the Harlem Globetrotter Trotters, and you're the Washington Generals, right? At yeah. some point, I just stop watching, and mm-hmm. they know it, and eventually they're like, we got to have them win one time, yeah. or no one's going to keep paying attention. Yeah. I, so do you know where she beat me? So if you didn't know, Kate Hector, the UIL communications director, and I go, go back and forth every year, and we have a competition of who can get the most mascot selfies. And uh, first of all, great year for mascots. Great year, good good mascot. Really crop, really yeah. good crop. Uh, yeah. There's a freaking zebra there, um, but and a shark, a shark. Um, but we um, here's how she beat me. Uh-huh. Is there is a La Vega pirate? Yes. But the La Vega pirate, like, doesn't stand on the sideline. It like goes into the crowd and like hypes up the crowd. Okay. And she went into the crowd yeah. and like sought it out. Like, no, hey, did. where's the where's the pirate? Because she's better at this than you. Right. And I I admit that. I admit that, but I'm proud of my losing effort. I'm taking a moral victory home this year. So uh, it was a great, great time at state championship games. A little bit later, we're going to break down the 12 FBA or rather the 12 UIL state championship games and rank them from least memorable, although I don't mean that, uh, to most <laughs> memorable. Uh, but, it's pretty uh, memorable for the people that were in it. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty true. We'll get to all that coming up back after the show. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. If you watch this show, you know what comes next, which is that I pitch you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. But I need you to listen especially hard to what I'm saying and read between the lines of what I'm going to say. A Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider subscription right now here on December 31st costs 1995 for an entire year 1995 for an entire year it's a really good gift that's right now right now it costs 1995 at this moment it's $19.95 for the entire year two magazines a year throws years worth of exclusive online content at texasfootball.com for 1995 for an entire year that's now i can't promise you what it is Say, I don't know, next week, wink, 
I'm, I'm saying wink. I'm winking at the camera, too. But for the podcast listeners, wink. TexasFootball.com slash insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Um, it is our subscription package. Uh, it makes a great gift as well. If you missed out on Christmas or uh, Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or a New Year's gift or Festivus or anything like that, um, then this makes a great gift for the football nut in your life. TexasFootball.com slash insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, which, again, right now is 1995 for an entire year. Right now. Max, let's go to the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Hotline. And we go out to Gregg County to bring in the head coach of the uh, Longview Lobos. Uh, coach John King joins us. Hey, Coach, what's new? Uh, well, <laughs> wake up a champion every day. I can't that's what's new. <laughs> You, and it doesn't get old. You, you sure do. Uh, the Longview Lobos, the 6A Division II state champions, uh, with a thrilling win over Beaumont Westbrook. First win in 81 years. Uh, I guess, first and foremost, I want to go back to the final moments of that game. You guys get the fumble, and I've said that that's the loudest I've ever heard that stadium, and I've been there when the Cowboys have won games. Um, <laughs> when you guys get the fumble. And then there was like... You guys had to uh, your your son Haynes King had to kneel out about two minutes of game time. When, two minutes and eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> two minutes and eight seconds. When did you finally feel like, okay, it's going to happen? When he uh, knelt on it the last time, and uh, it was thirty nine seconds to play, and they reset the game clock to forty, and we didn't have to take another snap. And that's that's really you know when it just uh, you could just. You could feel it uh, on the sideline, uh, in the stands, just years of being close and finally getting it done. I mean, it just kind of all came together in one, and uh, the place exploded. Yeah, it sure did. And, and you know, I, I want to talk about that for a moment because, you know, we knew that y'all were going to bring a big crowd. We knew that y'all were going to bring all of East Texas, all of Gregg County. Um, and that was one of the biggest, rowdiest crowds we've seen at a state championship game in a long time. Uh, how important was that for your squad? Uh, not just, obviously, you guys have always get great fan support, but there in that moment, how important was it to have that big crowd behind you? Oh, it was special, just being able to celebrate and, and uh, share that experience with all of Lobo Nation. You know, it's been that way for years. As you say, uh, the further we play in the playoffs, the bigger and uh, rowdier our crowd gets i mean just the anticipation of you know uh the next round and, and that that game and and the plan for a title uh, you know when the stakes get higher it just uh it kind of frenzies around here it uh it was that way the last couple of weeks you know i think after we beat westfield down there and, and you saw the kind of crowd we had in, in those conditions and, and then the week before against tascosa and just, um, it's just excitement around this football program. What these kids brought to this community—it's been a long time coming. Uh, but you know, as I said after after the game, we it, we all played a part in it. Uh, coaches, players, the community, the administration—it's uh, it, just uh, one big happy family today. Yeah, it sure is. It's 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 a party probably for the next eight months out there in in, in Longview. Uh, but but you guys. Um, you know, one thing I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in is is that is obviously a huge moment for any team to make it to a state championship game and to play uh, for a title. But especially in Longview, where it does mean so much and, and, and it does there is that that kind of uh, the, the specter of 81 years hanging over it. I, I guess what was your message to your guys going into that game, knowing that this is the big stage, knowing what's on the line? 
Uh, what was your message to your guys going into that moment? Well, we, we've had the mentality around here for the uh, entire playoffs about being 0-0 and, and take care of business week to week. And uh, that's been the message the whole postseason. Our kids have done a great job of, of handling it from week to week, you know, and I knew it was going to get bigger and bigger. And uh, But our message all week long is continue to do the things you've been doing. We got you to this point. That's what's going to help you win this ball game. It's not a magic pill or a magic lotion or a magic pep talk. Somebody come in and fire you up. All those things are nice, but we got to prepare each and every day. And we didn't practice any different. Uh, we didn't prepare any differently. Uh, kids just went about their business to, and took care of business. You know, we had to juggle it around final exams and early release schedules. But I thought they did an outstanding job of just handling the moment and, and being mature about it. Because this was really a mature bunch of kids that had understood what it took, uh, you know, to get to this point and they wanted to make the most of it. But, uh, I would just say that that's the focus that they had and not letting the outside distractions get to them and not let the moment be too big for them. Uh, showing up playing football, the best of their ability. And that's what they did. We're talking with John King, the head coach of the state champion Longview Lobos here on Texas football today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF today. Uh, coach, you knew it was going to be a dog fight going in against a really good and really, really, uh, ready for the fight. Beaumont Westbrook squad who threw haymaker after haymaker at you guys going into your going into that game especially um you know I, I knew you know there there was no way you guys were going to take them lightly what was your game plan going into the game against this team that boy they, they sure seemed like they were ready from word one well I can tell you I've got a lot of respect for Eric Peavy and what he's done at Westbrook in two short years you know guy that was that's never been a head coach to take over that program and do what he's, he's done in a couple of years but I can tell you that Westbrook's very well coached, very distant football team that is extremely athletic and explosive, you know, and we felt like we needed to limit their explosive plays from a defensive standpoint. And that's not easy to do with uh, McGrew, the running back, and uh, Eli, the, the quarterback, and then get it to those outstanding playmakers. But we felt like we had to be patient, just make them do some things, see if they want to continue doing it, uh, and just trying to take away the big play. And, then, you know, from an offensive standpoint, we, we, Felt like we could run the ball a little bit better than we did. We were kind of worried about would we be able to uh, throw it against them because they had just smothered everybody they played. You know, and it turns out we were able to throw it better than we ran it. Uh, you know, and, and I thought Kevin Perry had a, a great game, just like he's had a great season. And, and he was really a, a, a difference maker force in the throwing game. And uh, we were able to hit some shots when we needed to. I mean, it's. Uh, some balls that, that, that we threw that we connected on that really flipped the field and got us got us points. You mentioned Camden Perry. He was spectacular. The guy throwing to him was pretty good, too. Uh, and, and the thing that I was impressed with, with, uh, with Haynes King, of course, your son, the, 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 state, the, the offensive MVP and, and, and all of that fun stuff. But the thing that, I, that impressed me most was early on, the, he missed a couple throws, and it looked mm -hmm. like he knew it. You could kind of, you know, watching on the broadcast, you could see uh, the body language, um, you know, but boy, it sure seemed like when it was money time, he came up big. Uh, you watched him all year long. You've seen every one of his games. Um, what was it about that game? You know, where, where does that stack up as far as his, his best performances? Oh, Lord, that's, uh, I'd have to say the best because all the chips were on the line. I mean, we were all in. It wasn't any looking back, you know, on that one. And, uh, like I told him, I said, son, if we go over and don't win this one, man, you may not get to ride the bus home. We're going to have to go over and win this one, you know, because he's been along for so many of these 
these close calls. I mean, 2008, 2009, and come up short, and you know, 2010 and 2017, losing the semifinals on close calls. I mean, he's he's been there for the bad ones, but um, you know, what told me in that game was his first pass. When he threw the first ball to Camden, which Camden was supposed to run a different route, and he didn't. I mean, but when he got open, I said, we're fixing to be able to throw this football, and Haynes is going to start connecting. So we're just going to have to keep, keep throwing shots. And that's what we did. And, of course, we found some things we liked. Uh, Haynes made some great throws, had protection to throw it. Uh, you know, and Camden and, and all the receivers, Caden Kirby and Kyle Moore, uh, Jesse Anderson out of the backfield, they ran good routes, got the ball to them, and they made plays. But that first pass play from the two, I guess it's from the two, we would uh, got pinned on the one-run quarterback sneak, and we get stuffed on second down. But that pass play told me, right, yeah, even though it was incomplete, I said, we're going to be able to throw the football. So let's fire these shots, and let's not be, uh, be scared to fire them. Let's be aggressive and keep firing. You know, the, uh, the defense – Look, it it it's been don't break, right? You know the 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 numbers are not going to be necessarily pretty, but I think that's a credit to to an outstanding Westbrook squad. Uh, but it seemed like this year, and and especially in in the biggest games, uh, your defense came up with the big play at the big moment. Um, it it seems again, <clears throat> I think the numbers are are not going to necessarily speak to it, but it seems like your your defense had a knack for the moment and and it seems like on the biggest stage they came up with that big play that that forced fumble there um to 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 really seal it uh overall how would you assess your defense's play uh, again numbers aren't pretty but but you came they came through when it counted well you're right the only number we were worried about was uh fires was one more than theirs yeah. uh, to be honest <laughs> yeah but today's offenses i mean it's gonna be hard to put up you know uh Great numbers because people are going to get yards. You know, and the deal's going to be can you hold them, get, keep them from getting points? Can you get it adjusted? I guess the score at halftime, uh, my memory serves me right, was it 28 to 20? Uh, and I think we gave up one score in the second half. Uh, to me, that's the biggest part of it. Can we get to, can we get our plan adjusted, get our kids adjusted to, to what they're doing to attack us? You know, mm-hmm. I and mean, if you look at the track record of our defense all year long, with the exception of Tascosa. Uh, game uh, we played really well in the second half limited people uh, to very few points uh, which is big because you know everybody has the same amount of time at halftime to go and get adjusted who, who can make it happen and I thought that's uh, one th- key for our defense all year long was that you know and um, didn't give up many points in the fourth quarter so it uh, yes the bend don't break but can you get it adjusted can you keep them out of the end zone and find a way to win the ball game and and we did we got to stop we got to turn over in the second half that uh of course there was i think three and a half four minutes to go in the game we're able to run the clock out which uh, wound up being the you know biggest play our defense made all all night you know coach this was the first year for the uil uh to uh to do the instant replay in the state championship games uh there were four reviews in your in your game i believe uh three were reversed and uh and, and one was one stood um I'm interested from your perspective. Uh, what, what, what were your thoughts on, on the replay? Obviously, it calls a stop to the game, but, uh, but you know, the, the UIL said the most important thing is to get the call right. I'm interested now, after the fact, your thoughts on, on replay. I, I think it's good. Playing in that type of setting, in that venue, when you've got that capability for uh, – I mean, you're playing for a state championship. We want the call to be right. And, um, you know, we had some that went in our favor or that, that were uh, overturned. We had some that weren't. Uh, you know, but I think the biggest thing is make sure the call's right. And, 
in, in all all four cases it was, whether it was upheld or, or overturned. So uh, I think it's great and, and uh, you know, something that we need to continue. Uh, and, and finally, Coach, um, we're talking with John King at Longview Lobos. Coach, um, this is a, uh, you know, you've talked a lot about how this is a um, – a, a program, you know, it's a program win. This is a, you know, it's a community win. Uh, but but you are the head coach. You've been there a long time, and you've been waiting for this for a long time. For you personally, what what was what was last Saturday like for you? Um, got very emotional because I thought about all the teams I've coached, all the players I've coached. Of course, you've been able to win it with your son on the sideline who played a major role in it. It's it's, it's like. Uh, you know, made some made for Hollywood. I mean, you know, who would ever dream that would have happened? But uh, to be honest, I mean, I felt it. Uh, I shed a lot of tears the last two weeks of the season in, by myself in my office, uh, reflecting on the program the kids I've coached, as I said, uh, this group of seniors who I've known since they were snotty nosed kindergartners. And I didn't want to look them in the face and, and uh, not be a champion. So for it to happen, it was just. Uh, it was uh, just it, it was ecstatic. I, I don't know words words can't express it. I mean, you, something you pray about, you dream about, you work hard to get done, and it happens for you, happens for your program, and uh, couldn't happen to a better team, and in my opinion, a better program in the state of Texas than for Longview Lobos. Coach, we got some people in the comments, um, a lot of Lobos in the comments saying um, that that you know uh, you and you and your son Haynes should consider um, maybe a presidential run. There is a run come. There's a, an election coming up in 2020. Uh, any any plans to hang up the headset and, uh, and 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 give the people what they want? What made it quit? <laughs> <laughs> No, we're Hell no. <laughs> so we so we're no, not gonna... it, uh, you know there's going to, have to be some decisions made once my son graduates and it's not it's, it's nothing uh it's that's more personal than anything sure uh, but, but what about a presidential but no, run I, I don't plan like i told you it's not a uh, it's, uh, it's i'm home it's where i want to be it's where i want to coach i love these kids i love the community it's not the easiest place in the world to coach but i can't imagine there being a better job wow. and uh it's uh uh, it's it's just been it's been a great experience and uh, uh, I want to continue that ride. So Longview, Texas, instead of Washington D.C. is what you're saying. Every day of the week. <laughs> he is John King. He is the head coach of the 6A Division II state champion Longview Lobos. Follow him on Twitter at Coach John King. Coach, really appreciate your time. Again, congratulations. Uh, enjoy it. Don't work for at least another like. I don't know, 24 hours? Yeah, I'm in the office right now. So. <laughs> that ship has sailed. Coach, yes. really appreciate your time. Congratulations. Money never sleeps. Thank you. All right. There he goes, John King, the head coach of the Longview Lobos, the most John King man who's ever lived. Um, <laughs> you, 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 you feel He's the I'm, best. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for the Longview community, and he won't say it himself, and that's why I want to ask about it. But I am I am very happy for John King personally yeah. too because yeah. I know he's been chasing this a long time. It's been tough. And and you know you heard, I talked to um you know I, I DM'd a little bit with Eric Peavy the head coach at Westbrook, and um I mean you want to talk about a team that came out fighting a yeah. team that threw oh boy haymaker after haymaker and had well, I mean was in a position to win they were yeah. in a position to win they're 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 yeah. basically going to end up coming up one play short. To a, to what felt like a team of destiny, mm-hmm. and like and if you by the way I'll say it to the camera right now, if you think Westbrook's going away, 
you have another thing coming. Yeah, they P- are going to be a problem for PB, people. PB might be emerging as one of the better young coaches in the state. Yeah. I was really impressed with his composure that whole game. Of course, that may just have been him trying not to vomit all over the sideline. <laughs> I wouldn't blame him, but uh, still, he he looked the part. It was he, great. He did, and it was it was an it was an awesome game to watch. Um, you know, y- you feel great for Longview, and and I don't know you guys. I wasn't with you guys. I was on the set. Yeah, but like. When they got that fumble, I mentioned oh, that man. like there was lift off there, yeah. and then when he knelt it out, and as he mentioned, until like it was thirty nine yeah. seconds at forty on the yeah. play clock, there was this moment of like, and it built. It was like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. of like realization sweeping yeah. through that green yeah. wave of go, it's gonna happen. It's like someone slowly turning up the volume, but yes. volume dial every second just a little bit. Oh, oh my god! Uh, yeah, it was like the it's like a two minute kickoff. It was wild. It was it was a lot of fun. So congratulations to John King and the Longview Lobos state champions for the first time since 1937. Uh, happy to have him on the show. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday. Of course, he's in the office, by the way. Yeah, right. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Go Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. We are joined now by the college football insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, Mr. Shehan Jairaja. Shehan, happy holidays. Welcome back. Oh, oh no! Do you want sorry, to sorry? Sorry, that's my now bad. try. It. That's my bad. That's my, my bad. <laughs> Thank you for real. Yes. Um, <laughs> welcome in. We were not. You, I know you were going to come into the office today and work. You didn't know we were doing a show, and this was all before yesterday. Yes. Uh, but we're happy to have you here because we need to talk about um, what happened down in Houston in the in the third ward. This uh, on, on yes, yesterday, we've been hearing rumblings about it for a bit. But uh, we have another FBS coaching change, and while I think we could have seen maybe the other two coming, this one feels like it's a little bit out of left field. Major Applewhite is out at Houston after just two seasons. Um, I'm I'm inter- I'm pretty surprised. I'm interested. I, I'm I'm wondering. Are you surprised? I am surprised. I think. Uh, you know, it's a lot of the reasons why this hire failed, I feel like you could have told when the hire happens. Mm. You know, I mean, he was brought in to try to continue the Tom Herman era at Houston, and the reality is Major Applewhite in so many ways is not Tom Herman. You know, he's not the offensive mind that Tom Herman was. Even when uh, Herman and Applewhite were there together, I mean, this was Tom Herman's offense, just like it is at Texas. You know, people want to blame other people for the offense. Mm -hmm. It's Tom Herman. Uh, You know, and he wasn't even the star on the coaching staff. I think that was Todd Orlando. I I think that if you wanted to get the better X's and O's coach, you should have gotten Todd Orlando. Um, And he's just not a super exciting guy. I mean, whatever you want to say about him, I I mean, he's a really good guy. I mean, I've had very positive interactions with him, but he's not necessarily this guy who's coming in and owning a room or owning a program necessarily. He's not this expert in branding that Tom Herman was, who was able to turn Houston in a lot of ways into what the program believes it is at this point and what I think it deservedly in Mm -hmm. some ways thinks it is. Um, it was always an underwhelming hire, and now I think the results were probably even a little bit worse than most of us expected uh, at Houston the last two years, and not all of them were his fault. Uh, again, though, when I look at this firing, it's to me, it's a, it's the administration, whether they believe it or not, saying, we messed up. This was a not the right hire. This was not the right time. This was a bad decision. Um, and now I'm real curious to see what they decide to do to remedy it. Yeah, it's, it, it is. You know, I, I, I mentioned it on Twitter, but this is the first time since 1998 we've had a team in the state of Texas, an FBS team, fire a coach after f- less than at less than two 
.01 seasons, yeah. right? We've had coaches who have been fired like three games into their third year, yeah. but this is the earliest a coach has been fired since 1998 when Dave Roberts got fired at Baylor after yeah. just two years. And that was, there were some there were some things there. He had mouthed off to the media about how this was like the worst team he'd ever seen and <laughs> stuff like that. There were some there were some mitigating circumstances yeah. there. Um, brought on a very fun uh, guy Morris there. Yes. Uh, but, you know, what's, what's interesting to me is... I think people are go- people look at the record. He's fifteen and eleven. Yeah, and you know they go eight and five this year. Um, they go eight and five. Look, they obviously when you have uh, uh, one of the best players in, in program history in, in Ed Oliver, you want to do better than that. They got drilled by Army in the Armed Forces Bowl. That was without arguably their two best players in Derek King and Ed Oliver. Um, I don't put a ton of stock in that, but you know. I tweeted that. I was like, man, you know, the record is – you don't see guys with that record get fired. Um, a lot of Houston fans were clapping back and saying, "Lo, you got to look deeper. And and there was uh, an under – you know, the, the, the undercurrent was he was beating a lot of bad teams. And from, you know – there, there were talk that they were saying students were apathetic. There was, you know, people – there was not this excitement around the program. Um I, I don't know. I, I I wonder. You know, when we when the history of, of Major Applewhite's time at Houston is going to be is going to be written. I feel like it's going to be a mixed bag. That yeah, he had two winning seasons, but it seems like for Houston fans, that's missing the point. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that you actually put it kind of perfectly. Uh, actually, I, I want to point out a tweet from Joseph Duarte, the Houston mm-hmm. Chronicle beat writer. Uh, he tweeted this after the bowl game. As I mentioned in today's Bull Advance, there's absolutely no buzz around the Houston football program. Since climbing to number six early in the 2016 season, the Cougars are 19-13 and 13 with two lower-tier bowl losses. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what you look at. Mm-hmm. There's not any buzz around Houston. Houston fancies itself, and again, as I mentioned, deservedly so, on par with a Boise State, on mm-hmm. par with a UCF as one of these best programs outside of the group of five. And there's every reason to believe that they can and should be one of those programs. And right now, they're just not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whatever you want to say, I mean, obviously they lose some of their best players, uh, you know, to, to injury during the year at Oliver Derek King, you mentioned, um, and they were starting a true freshman in the bowl game. But to absolutely lay down in the mm-hmm. state of Texas. And and we know how big Army fans we are at Dave Campbell's Texas football. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, 70 to 14? Yeah. To, to any team. It's a, ba- it's a bad look. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, I don't think that going into that game you would say, wow, Army is just overwhelmingly just dominant against mm-hmm. Houston, right? You, they're better. I mean, I don't think it's a shock that they won. But but this, to absolutely just run them out of the building in the state of Texas, too. And the other thing I want to say that I think you have to point to, you know, they fired the defensive coordinator, Mark D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. Kendall Bryles ends up leaving for Florida State. Mm-hmm. So you're in a situation now where your two coordinators are gone. Kendall Bryles, obviously a guy that Houston has a lot of optimism about. And if you look at the success this season, it was almost all on the back of Kendall Bryles coaching, in my opinion. Um, so you're going in now. You don't have either of your coordinators. You know, you don't have a lot of position coaches. You've almost cleared the deck on your own just by mm. making these firings. So you're in a position now where Major Applewhite's the only guy that you're b- building your program around. You don't have any of these other talented coaches that you relied on earlier in the year. Um, you know, I think I think in that way too, in some ways, that made the decision a little bit easier. That there's nothing in terms of continuity that you're losing because you already don't have any coordinators. Um, it's Shahan J. Raja, our college football insider here on Texas Football. Today, you can involve the conversation hashtag TF Today. And I think you're right. I think that overall, I think when the initial shock of firing a coach after just two years wears off, 
you can kind of see and you go, okay, you don't have to agree with it. I think that there's, I think there, there's a, a split among people as far as whether or not they agree with it. And I think there's a reasonable argument on both sides. But I do think that that it's not as clear cut as saying, look at his record. He only got two years. Um, I think that there there were underlying symptoms of a problem there. My question is, and, and, I, and I tweeted this yesterday, and I don't mind saying it again, but it's like, all right, what changed? Like, like Major Applewhite, I think, was about what we thought he was going to be at Houston. Like, why now? Why? What changed over the course of this? And I think that kind of leads us into our other question or our other conversation, which is where they go from here. So there's a lot of smoke around Dana Holgerson from West Virginia. Yeah. A lot of smoke. And he's got um, he's got uh, history at Houston. He's been there before. Um, he's tight with, with one of the big money guys there. Um, it's apparently like a, a match made in heaven. This makes a lot more sense. A lot more sense. If sometime this week they're announcing Dana Holgerson as the head coach. Because that would mean they were they, they were going a bit kind of like what Jimbo Fisher did at A&M, which was kind of uh, back channel talking about getting him to, getting him there. We just got to clear out the room, you know, clear out the the office basically for him to to occupy. I think if if Dana Holgerson is in fact the new head coach at Houston, this makes a lot more sense. If he's not and he's leveraging you, uh, he's leveraging Houston to get more money out of West Virginia. Then I wonder what the plan B is. I think that right now is a real critical moment for Houston. Yeah, and and I do want to mention a little bit just with Dana Holgerson. You know, there's this thought process of why would a Power Five coach leave for a Group of Five job, mm-hmm. and and I do want to say there are reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, at West Virginia, Dana Holgerson hasn't gotten the level of support that he believes he deserves, and I probably think he deserves to a certain extent too, uh, for having pretty sustained success there. Make you know, winning seven eight games every year, winning ten games once, um, you know, having a pretty consistent product on the field in a conference where you have some disadvantages i would say the i would say the third best team in the conference in his tenure yeah yeah yeah. you know because i mean oklahoma and tcu probably and and, you know maybe oklahoma state you kind of put in that so tied for three four Mm -hmm. uh, but you know they've consistently been a top half team which i mean if you look at resources i don't think west virginia clearly stands out as a top half team Mm -hmm. uh, in that conference i agree and um you know, and I think that he believes that he hasn't been respected there necessarily the way that he feels like he deserves to have been. Uh, money-wise, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think it'll be just because Houston has deep pockets and West Virginia for a Power 5 team doesn't necessarily. Um, you know, and they, they haven't wanted to commit to him long-term at West Virginia. And so in some ways going to Houston would be a reset button. Mm-hmm. If they could just – he could go there. He could have some success because I do believe he would have success at Houston um, and then potentially be in line for another job potentially mm-hmm. now. Um, and uh, again, I think that ultimately at the end of the day, if you're Houston right now, again, you, you talk about not having any buzz around your program, mm-hmm. you know, on in this, uh, the city of Houston, there's not a whole ton of buzz, uh, you know, around the state, there's not a ton of buzz. I mean, hell, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself. You know, I only went to one Houston game this year, yeah. you know, and, uh, one or one or two, I can't remember. I think one. And, you know, I, Houston's one of these marquee programs mm-hmm. that I think should be, spoken about at the group of five level like a UCF the the same sort of way you know they should be able to compete for statewide coverage with some of these power five schools and I don't think that's necessarily happened this year I mean you know fair or not from a national perspective the biggest thing that's happened at Houston in the last two years is the whole jacket incident yeah you you know and and that was a whole 
Yeah, I, yeah. Know. For those who think that he got fired for the jacket, no, 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 I don't no, think no, no. he did. And, and it, it was a silly incident, but that's kind of the point, right? That's the only time that mm-hmm. national people have talked about the University of Houston is the jacket incident and Ed Oliver being amazing. Nothing else, really. And mm-hmm. Derek King, I think, deserved more credit for what he did this year, Great. but but at the same time, again, they went eight and four yeah. and eight and five at the end. Um, okay, so let's right now. Dana Holgerson is the is the um, the uh, is the the the, the name that's being bandied about. Um, let's let's operate in a world where we where he we find out that he was actually just leveraging Houston against or leveraging West Virginia against yeah. Houston to get more money out of West Virginia. I hope that's not the case. I'd love to see Dana Holgerson here, but um, but let's say that's the case. What's your plan B? If if it's yeah. not Dana Holgerson, who are you going after? Yeah, it, it's tough, you know, because I do think that they feel like they're in a spot right now where they have to make a splashy hire, mm-hmm. and they have to dominate the headlines to a certain extent with that hire. Now, one guy who I've always felt like is interesting, and I don't know, one, whether he'd have interest in the job, or two, whether Houston would have interest in him, but if they were going to hire a coordinator last time, I kind of feel like it shouldn't have been Major. Mm-hmm. It should have been Todd Orlando. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Orlando's now been in the state for four years mm-hmm. now. Uh, he's recruited very, very well on the defense side of the ball. In fact, in some ways, I think their defensive back recruiting class last year at Texas might have been one of the best we've ever seen. Caden mm-hmm. Stearns, uh, you know, B.J. Foster, uh, Anthony Cook, guys mm-hmm. like that. Um, I think that they could do a lot worse than that. Now, the big thing, if you hire a Todd Orlando, I think you need to go find an offensive guy. You know, I mean, there's some talk that maybe – Maybe Sonny Cumbie's not totally happy. Maybe Doug Meacham's available. You know, there are guys out there that maybe you can go and try to hire um, to, to handle the offense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Orlando's earned a lot of respect in the state of Texas, I think, over the last couple of years, um, both at Houston and at Texas. He's, I think he's one of the best defensive coordinators uh, in America, in my opinion, uh, just with this level of offenses he has to defend consistently. I think he's done a pretty good job. Um, you know, but again, that's not necessarily a super splashy hire. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's I think a pretty solid. That's hire. a that's a that's a more by the book hire. Is right, kind of what it is. So you, I think that you know, again, this as I said before, I think this makes a lot more sense yeah. if they've already got a de facto verbal agreement. Definitely. with with Dana Holgerson. But I worry if they don't. Okay, you're kind of you're kind of backtracking and going back to probably a hire you should have made two years ago. Right, and. And that's the question with Houston is Houston should be, you know, you look at the power five teams, they should be definitively next. Yes. There, there should be no other program in the state of Texas, in my opinion, I agree with that. that that should be ahead of them. And in a lot of ways, they should be on par with a Texas Tech mm-hmm. and, and maybe even rising up close to a Baylor TCU mm-hmm. and, and above. Um but right now, again, North Texas has taken that mantle from them. Mm-hmm. You know, North Texas is definitively the best group of five team in the states. And other programs, you know, there's been a couple that have struggled, but there are others that are also kind of on the up and up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not that Rice is necessarily going to compete with them, but Rice has made a hire to try to invest into the future. Uh, Texas State's just made a pretty young, exciting hire to try to invest into the future. Um, SMU, I think, you know, they've got a very good recruiting class mm-hmm. right now. We'll see whether Sonny Dykes can kind of pull it together. And, and even Texas Tech is is kind of pulling away, from, potentially mm-hmm. going to pull away from them now if Matt Wells works out. Mm-hmm. So they do need to make a good hire. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a very critical hire. Yeah. I think a big part of the reason why they even decided to make this was, you know, realignment is coming up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, I, I'm not saying that making a good or bad hire is any guarantee that they end up any way. But if they 
you know, if 2024 comes and this isn't a premier football program in the state of Texas, well, they're going to get left behind. He's Shahan J. Raja. Follow him on Twitter at Shahan J. Raja. It's spelled exactly like it sounds. <laughs> uh, Shahan, wow. uh, happy new year. Happy and, new year. And uh, we'll see you next year. Cool. <laughs> Get it? Uh, Do you like that, Max? I hate you. We are Texas Football. Today we're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. All right, Max. Let's get back into high school football. All right. Uh, there were 12, count them, 12, Texas high school football state championship games a couple weeks ago at AT&T Stadium. There were 12 of them spread across four days. Maybe you heard of it? Heard about <laughs> it? Uh, from 1A Division two all the way up to 6A Division one. Uh, we are going to rank them. We're going to rank the 2018 state championship games. Um, obviously, look, if your team won, you're going to like that game a lot more than we did. But we are, or if your team lost, and you're going to be like, why would this possibly be as high as it is? Um, we are ranking this as a neutral observer as far as I think the games that we are going to remember most and the games that, uh, as far as an excitement level is concerned, as, as people without a dog in the hunt, um, I would say this was the watchability rankings, if that makes sense. This is the watchability rankings for the 12 FPS, or rather the 12 state championship games at AT&T Stadium. Let's start. Number 12 this is the first game. Yeah. <laughs> 1A Division 2, Strawn 48, Fallout 0. And this one felt uh, this one felt like it was in the it was over from the first play. If you remember, Strawn got the kickoff and the first play they threw the ball for a touchdown. Yep. Uh, a team that doesn't throw much goes and throws a touchdown pass. Um, Strawn dominated Fallout. Uh, 48 nothing or 48 nothing this game ended at halftime it was 40 nothing at the end of the first quarter um i mean it was it was 32 to nothing with 3 minutes left in the first quarter this game really you know you you want to talk about a team that that really came out and 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 looked like a team on a mission now i don't think i think if you talk to Andy Copley at Fallout i think he'll say we didn't play very well um the uh they got one first down the entire game they had a, a grand total of um 53 total yards in that game the strong defense was absolutely suffocating. Um, the defensive MVP uh, was Carlos Villanueva, or rather Tanner Hodgkins. He was spectacular. And Carlos Villanueva, their running back, uh, was the offensive MVP. They were a, both very good. A dominant, dominant effort yeah. from Strawn in a kind of ho-hum manner. It seemed almost clinical the way that Strawn was going about it. And and it was very, very impressive to see um, Strawn's dominance. It didn't make, honestly, for a great watch off the top. No. Uh, and so as a result, uh, look, Strawn fans love it, and rightly so. But uh, our number 12 ranked team or game is Strawn 48, Follett uh, 0, the 1A Division 2 state championship game. Let's go to number 11. Number 11 was the opener of the next day. <sighs> Mason 44, New Deal 6. Why do you hate Mason's dominance, Tepper? Yeah, I don't know. Um, this was so impressive. This was so impressive. I mean, I think that it's it, this is that weird. It's like I, I agree as a game, it probably isn't that high on the list. But I could not have fallen more in love with Mason. It was fun so to watch, and and the thing was, you know, we wondered how Mason's defense was going to match up with New Deal's offense, and the bottom line was the Mason defense was arguably the dominant force in this game. They were spectacular in this game. They held uh, they held New Deal uh, to um, a grand total of 172 yards. New Deal is a high flying 
offense. And you saw it in bursts from yeah. Jet Wetfield. Like, yeah. you could see it like, oh, yeah, this kid's special. But Mason, the bottom line was that their running game was outrageous. They averaged 6.6 yards per carry. Uh, they were able to throw the ball pretty effectively. I thought Otto Wofford had a really nice game. Um, and they they came out there and they dominated. And the other thing is, they looked like a team that had been there before. Like they they the moment did not seem too big for them. They were like, we're ready, we're ready to take it take it to you. And they ran out to a big lead. Uh, they were up twenty four to six at halftime, and then they pulled away. It was thirty seven to six at the end of three. And you know the you know in in the end, this was all Mason and and New Deal got a touchdown early to make it seven six, but Mason punched right back after 48 seconds and came back with the score, and it felt at that point like, okay, it's going to take something special for a new deal to come back and win this game, and it just never came. And a dominant, dominant effort from Mason. Mason, def- uh, you know, very deserving uh, champions. By the way, almost 8,000 people at that game. Whew. Number 10, let's flash forward to Friday night. Alito, 44, 55 rather, Fort Ben Marshall, 19. This is the surprise. I figured this was going to be a closer game. In fact, I picked Fort Ben Marshall to win this game. I think we both did. Yeah, it was more of a sentimental pick for me. I, I figured Alito would do what it did, and Alito did, did what they what, do. Did what it does. Did what they do. Yeah. Um, the 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 they gave the offensive MVP to Jace McClellan, and Jace McClellan was great in this game. That said, and I think even Jace McClellan would admit this. They need to hand out five offensive MVPs in this game, and those five offensive MVPs are left tackle, left left tackle, left guard, center, right tackle, right guard, and right tackle. Freaking great offense! The offensive line line was the dominant force in this game, and they absolutely smothered Fort Ben Marshall. Um, the defense was really good as well. I thought the defense matched up particularly well with them running sideline to sideline, and while Fort Ben Marshall got loose a couple of times. They limited the number of times that they were out in space. They were blowing up. They were blowing up the things in the backfield and mitigating what I thought was a speed disadvantage. Yeah. It was a masterful, masterful game plan from Steve Wood and company. And Alito came out, and again, the dominant force was that big offensive line. And at that point, it became pretty obvious early. It's like, oh, nope, Marshall's getting dominated in the trenches. This one's probably over. And as a result, it was a, a spectacular win there for, uh, uh, for Alito. They win their eighth state championship, 26,155 on hand for this one on Friday night. Um Again, a, a terrific, terrific win there for uh, for Alito. They make it eight. Number nine on the list, March 76, Groover 33. This was the nightcap on Wednesday night. And the reason now, – now, this is going to be, obviously, more of a blowout than other games. Yeah. The reason that I have this higher than those other games is the pure spectacle of it. Oh, my God. Guys. Mart's good. Mart at halftime – had run 20 plays, yeah. and nine of them were touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was absolutely spectacular yeah. to see the the speed on yeah. display. Yeah. They jumped out. Here, here are the lengths. Would you? Here we go. <laughs> I have the it pulled up. Okay. First of all, I mean, and here's the thing: Groover's a good team. Yeah. And they. Mart just looked like a team that no, I don't think I don't think Duncanville could have beaten them on this <laughs> night. I mean, they were hitting on all cylinders. Here were the lengths of uh, here are their their touchdown drops. Right, uh, two plays twenty six yards, two plays sixty four yards, two plays seventeen yards, one play fifty nine yards, six plays fifty eight yards. They slowed it down. One play forty four yards. 
two plays seven yards, one plays 67 yards, three plays 63 yards. Jeez. And then in the third quarter, four plays 61 yards. <sighs> they were actively trying not to score in the second half. And people are like, why are they passing? Because they're bad at it. They're bad at passing. Because they're, they're, like, they're, they're backup, backup quarterback. quarterback who's not a great passer, and that's why they were thrown to the sideline every time. It was. And and it was, again, Groover's a good team, but my goodness, Mart looked on a different level in this game. And the speed you saw from Tyreek Horn, their running back, um, and the defense the defense flew around. The defense yeah. made plays yeah. in this game and, and got the ball back to that offense, and every time the offense touched the ball, it turned to gold. So that is number nine on the list is Mart 76, Groover 33, Mart the 2A Division II state champion. 7,200 people on hand for that one. Number eight, Highland Park 20. Now, by the way, those are the four. Like, there's probably a gap here. Yeah. Now, every one of the rest of the games, I think. We're pretty good at some point. Until the top two. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Number eight, Highland Park 27, Shadow Creek 17. This game is one of those games that I never – it, it it felt like Highland Park got up, and then they were they were doing the Highland Park thing where they just kind of hold you off yeah. the arm's length. Shadow Creek had a couple of plays in this one, including a 99 yard touchdown yeah. run from Jamarian George. Yeah. And I think I, I think I hope he won a lot of fans in this game. Yeah, because he was he's fun That's to awesome. watch. Yeah, but you know Highland Park scores early, and then Shadow Creek claps back. It's like yeah. all right. Like, game on, yeah. Shadow Creek would not go away in this game. Shadow yeah. Creek was was in this game until a flurry there in the middle of the third quarter, or second quarter, rather. Yeah. Uh, Highland Park got a uh, got a turnover, and then they turned, uh, and then a, a touchdown pass from Chandler Morris to Finn Corwin, uh, and then a field goal to, to extend it to 24-9. to nine. And then it just felt like the defense, because they were getting a great, pre- great pressure from defensive end Prince Dorva, um, they were going to be able to hold this off at arm's length. I mean, you saw what it took to score on Highland Park, which was a 99-yard touchdown run from Jamarian and George. Um, this was a, a very clinical, I think, Highland Park win, yeah. a team that goes out there and they don't make mistakes and they pounce on your mistakes. Um, Shadow Creek, give them credit. I do not think that the moment was too big for them. No, they really handled it well. They, I thought they handled yeah. it particularly well. Better, you know, better than most first-time state finalists. But the bottom line was that you saw Highland Park came in and they were like, all right, we're gonna like we're gonna take care of our business, and if we take care of our business, we're gonna win. Yeah. It was again the, the word I would describe it as is clinical, um, and this was the Friday or the Saturday morning uh, kickoff. Twenty eight thousand seven hundred ninety two on hand for this one. Number seven, La Vega thirty five, Liberty Hill twenty one. In many respects, this is the game we expected, in the sense that these were two physical, hard hitting teams that that took sledgehammers to one another. But the difference in this game. And I don't know. If, I don't think I've talked to you about this, but the difference in this game, I thought, was La Vega's ability to pass the ball. Yeah. Uh, first of all, they got a kickoff return. To I kick- was going to say special teams yeah. helped too. Special teams. Yeah. Dante Stewart had a 94-yard kickoff return uh, to break a 7-7 tie at halftime, um, and that was big. But they hit a couple of big plays in that third quarter. Uh, 94-yard kickoff return, a 90-yard touchdown pass from Aaron Rawls to Malachi Wright, and then a 61-yard touchdown pass from Rawls to Wright. And that blew it open. And Liberty Hill, once they got to chasing, yeah, it's... If, if that game extends a little bit farther, they were starting to they – were, they, were, they were getting a little bit of movement they offensively. They were finding some things, but the, the game's just not long enough when that's your offense. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so La Vega's ability to hit a couple of home runs in this right. game ended up being yeah. the difference. Um and uh, La Vega, what do you say about Don Hyde? 
um, his first year as the head coach and to guide them to a state championship. It was awful impressive. Uh, it, uh, La Vega was as advertised, and adding that passing game and those big, uh, those big um, play, that big playability, I think put them over the top. Um, and La-, La Vega wins their second title in four years. Uh, they beat Liberty Hill 35-21 to become the 4A Division One state champions. 19,218 on hand for this one. Number six. And this is where it starts to get tough. Oh, boy. Number six. Quero 48, Pleasant Grove um, 28. Or 40. I'm sorry. Quero 40, 40 28. Pleasant Grove 28. There you go. Uh, let's first talk about Pleasant Grove. Because if you remember, they came out and they threw the first punch. Get a Bruce Garrett touchdown run, and then two more Bruce Garrett touchdowns runs. And with 344 left in the third qu- second quarter, it is 21-7 Pleasant Grove. And you start going, uh-oh, well, this is what Pleasant Grove do, man. <laughs> this is what Pleasant Grove do. And Bruce Garrett had looked fect- spectacular, yeah. um, and, and the running game was really starting to grind, and it was great. So give a lot of credit to them. Yeah. But there's a man, <laughs> Max. A man named Jordan Whittington, <laughs> who, and you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. No. But put on one of the most remarkable state championship performances we have ever seen. Yeah. He was the, he was dual MVP. He was offensive and defensive MVP. I don't know if he should have been defensive MVP. I, I, I'm always the guy who likes to spread that around. I don't know. He made some freaking plays. He made some great plays defensively. He had, I think he led the team in tackles. I think that's that's part of it. But there was a guy who had two picks. Somebody had two picks. I don't know. I remember one of the guys that made a play late that was really big was uh, Kieran Grant. Kieran Grant. He made a tackle behind the line of scrimmage that, that basically submarined a Pleasant Grove drive late. Um and he's kind of an unsung hero for for Quero, the kind of their running back yeah. who's been there through everything. And uh, as much as the night was Whittington's, it, it was a culmination of work that included a lot from 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 Kieran. Jordan Grant. Whittington runs for three hundred a state record three hundred thirty four yards and five touchdowns um, to guide Quero um, to a victory. And you know we expected a, a, a green sea of crazy people, and we yeah. got a green sea of oh, crazy yeah. people. And they and and when when like Whittington had a couple of plays. Where against a fast Pleasant Grove team, yep. he just pulled away from everybody, yep. and you go, whoa. Yeah. Um. And you know, we we talk so much about individual playmakers, and this is why, because when you have guys like this who can take over a game, they can. And give credit to Travis Reeve, by the way, for Quero. Yep. He obviously came in with a game plan, but then he goes, hey, you know what? Why don't we build the entire plane out of Jordan Whittington? Yep. Yep. Why don't you just take the snap? A lot of coaches try to stick to a game plan in that situation, you know, have a little too much pride right. about the plan coming in. If something's working, just go with it, baby. And and I'm telling you, he was he was that's a game that you need to go back and watch and you realize they needed every bit of what he they got from yeah. from him because Pleasant yeah. Grove was there for the fight. Yeah. But it was a spectacular game for Quero, uh, for Quero's uh, Jordan Whittington. He's the MVP. Uh Quero brings on the 4A Division 2 state championship, uh 40 to 28 in front of 12,784 people on th- what was that? Friday morning? That was a Friday morning kickoff. Yep. That's right. Number five. McLean 100, Milford 70. At first I was going to argue with you on this one, and then I just thought back to Crockett versus Dude, I mean, yes. like, it's just like the haymakers, and I love it haymakers. So you and I love fun. haymakers. So, Look, yeah. and, and there are six-man people. If you talk with our, our six-man yeah. insider, Lehman Saunders, there are six-man people who don't love when these games happen because they're like, oh, like it makes us look stupid. Like it makes us look like we're like not real football, yeah. but 
I will tell you, if you don't like 100 to 70, we're not friends. <laughs> ben Crockett was unbelievable in yeah, this game. Yeah, it was pretty great. Ben Crockett ran for um, 377 yards and nine touchdowns, and then he also threw for 81 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, state record, uh, 12 total touchdowns for him. Yeah. Um, he was unbelievable. And Tayron Smith, like you saw it. It was right? everything ever been it was like, yeah, it was it, yeah. it was like the six man equivalent of that um of that Argyle Fairfield game a couple of years ago. Yeah. It really was. Or just haymakers back yeah. and forth. This was fun. It and was I, a lot of fun. And I know again, I know that not every six man uh, football fan loves when it's hundred to seventy, but like if you're interested in bringing in the casual fan and saying, What's this about? Yeah. You need a hook, and this was a hook. This is a good hook. This yeah. was fun. Yeah. And by the way, it was tied at one point. Let's see. It was where where was it? Um, yes, yeah, forty to forty at the beginning. Uh, Milford scored at, uh, to kick off the third quarter, and it yeah. was forty to forty. Yeah, they tightened it up at half. And yeah, they yeah, tightened yeah. it up, yeah. but then, uh, but but uh, McLean too, too much from them. They win their first state championship, um, a hundred to seventy in front of almost four thousand people there um, at AT and T Stadium. Um, congratulations to them, their first state championship. That's number five. Number four, Grandview and Malakoff. Grandview thirty-five, Malakoff twenty-one. Yeah, this. We knew there was going to be a rowdy crowd for a game we're going to talk about in a minute. Okay, we knew there was going to be a rowdy crowd. Yeah. This game it was good, man. This game was everything. It was fun. It was competitive. There were home runs hit. There were mistakes made. Yep. There were coaching decisions made that it were was, critical. It was fun. There and but what sets this game apart and why I have this game so high? There were eighteen thousand two hundred thirty-three people there, and every Freaking one of them was super into this game. They were dialed in. That game, yeah. that was one of the hottest crowds yeah. you will see at a state championship yeah. game in a long, yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, this game was 21-14 Grandview at halftime. Grandview ended up pulling away in the fourth quarter, including 23 seconds left. What did you think of the uh, the fourth down uh, pop pass to, De to Demetrius Crown? It was, it was great. Count Everything Crown. about it was great, man. I, they, they did it with gusto, man. Go Zebras. I'm su I was super into this game. This yeah. was probably one of the more one of the most competitive games I would say from stem to stern. And uh, a spectacular. But if you're not a fan of Dane Yench, who I believe was another dual MVP, yep. um, then like that dude as a sophomore was unbelievable in this yeah. game. Uh, you got a uh, you, uh, for the Malakoff side. Um, I thought that uh, I thought that they uh, I thought Grandview did a good job of kind of bottling up that running game, and yeah. Darian Peace had a really nice game. I thought uh, for their for the quarterback, but Dane Yench was spectacular. Yeah. Elijah Golden is a hammer. Uh, that was fun, and it was the Zebras. Yeah, a lot of fun in this one. The three A Division One state champions, the Grandview or Grandview Zebras rather, in front of eighteen thousand two hundred thirty three thirty five twenty one, they beat Malakoff for their first state championship. Number three. Newton 21, Canadian 16. Um, a game that we did not think was going to be in the top three no. yeah. at halftime. Yeah. And I would say as, you know, middle of the third quarter, we didn't think it was going to be interesting. Yeah. Newton runs out to a 21 nothing lead at halftime. And, oh, okay. And it seemed like, okay, man, like Newton – Offensively, it wasn't super clicking. Canadian was actually matching up, but yep. Canadian made a couple of critical, critical mistakes, and Newton pounced on them. Yep. Kevin Watson had that interception return for a touchdown. They yep. recovered a fumble that led to a, a Darwin Barlow touchdown uh, to go up twenty-one nothing um, there in about the um, there at the end of at the end of the first half. And you go, okay, well, boy, this feels like Newton's about to pull away. Yeah. Back comes Canadian, man. They get a, they get a weird safety on the uh, on on a special teams play. Yeah. Um, but then Casey Cavalier. 
but guides them back, yeah. guides them back, just chipping away, chipping away. And they're throwing for the end zone to take the lead in the th- like in the final minutes. Yeah. And a spectacular game to watch because it felt like, oh my gosh, is Newton who's gonna make this play? Yeah. Who's gonna come up with this play? In the end, the Newton defense came up with one extra stop to put them over the top. Yeah. If you haven't seen um uh, W.T. Johnston's emotional post-game interview. I'm sure you have. It went viral everywhere. Uh, that's part of this as well. It was our top moment from the weekend, yeah. our top ten moments article on TexasFootball.com. So if you want to see it, go there. This game was really fun. This game was really competitive, and, um, and, and Canadians' comeback made it so. But Newton pulled away. Um, and, and and Darwin Barlow was was exceptional in this game, an offensive MVP, a defensive MVP, Kevin Watson with that pick six, which ended up being basically the deciding win right. or just the, the, the difference. Uh, a spectacular game, really fun to watch, uh, and, and a game we needed because yeah. after after Mart uh, yeah. took down Groover and Mason took down New Deal, we're going, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have a bunch of duds. Yeah. And then we got to Saturday afternoon. And we got to the fireworks factory. Number two. Number two. Yeah. Longview 35, Westbrook 34. Yep. Longview wins the uh, 6A Division II state championship. Um, first of all, let's talk about the scene. Because the scene was special. Was special. 48,421 people yep. on hand for this one. And everyone was, again, super into it. Yep. A loud, rowdy crowd here for Longview and Westbrook. And I will tell you... Um, there were, I think, there were some people out there who were thinking, "Ah, oh, Longview's going to come out." Like Westbrook, they're like, "What are they even doing here?" They they got lucky against Westlake and stuff like that. If you think that, you, I mean, what were you thinking when it's uh, suddenly, uh, you know, twenty eight twenty at halftime, Westbrook? Because Westbrook, LaRaven Eli was awesome. Yeah. Robert McGrew was awesome, and his offense was humming. Yeah, was humming along, and it also felt like, boy, Longview's going to need a stop here at some point. Where are they going to get it from? And, and West- waited to the last minute. <laughs> Westbrook's crowd was super into it. This was a fun, yeah, fun, awesome. fun game. Yeah. Um, Haynes King, the quarterback for Longview, dropped a couple of dimes. Oh yeah. There were a couple of balls he had that were unbelievable at that moment. In that moment, to do that. Yeah. And when Jesse Anderson ran in for a two-yard score with 4:42 left, that was eruption. Yeah. On the on the yeah. on the Longview side. And then when they got that fumble, yeah. when uh, who was the Ty, Ty Sean Taylor, I want to say is his name. Uh, yeah, Ty Sean Taylor, who was exceptional in this game. Yep. And uh, in my opinion, as good as Jafania Lister was, because uh, Jafania Lister had um, uh, led the team in tackles, yeah. I thought Ty Sean Taylor was excellent in this game. Yeah. When he ripped that ball out at midfield as Westbrook's driving down, you go, yeah. oh, my God, they're going to rip their hearts out. It wasn't, it wasn't again. Even, and it wasn't even a rip. It was like a real savvy, like, swerve around and hit it out from yes. the side. It was like, a it punch. Was, it was real smart. And it got yeah. it got loose. And when they yeah. pounced on that, yeah. holy cow, guys. Yeah. And and even then, you felt like this doom kind of holding over Longview because, like, they still have to run it out. As yeah. Coach as Coach King said, we have two minutes and eight seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Some of that. We have yeah. to kneel it out. Yeah. But they kneel it out, and it is party time in Gregg County. It's the best crowd I've ever heard in a high school football game. For the yeah. first time in 81 years, the Longview Lobos are state champions. Yeah. They win at 35-34 in an instant classic uh, against Beaumont Westbrook. And um, and there was no way to possibly top that. And that was the end of the weekend. Yep. Wait. Oh, oh wait, I'm no, sorry. No, no. Let I've me got check my notes here. No oh, there is one. Oh, yeah. Number one, <laughs> Galena Park North Shore 30, 41, Duncanville 36. 
this game, it's very rare, I think, for games to live up to exactly as much hype as given to it. And there was so much hype coming into this game for oh, a number yeah. of reasons. Yep. You had the hot team in Houston yep. in North Shore against the hot team in DFW in Duncanville. And they were colliding. There are prospects galore on every, on either side. These are two big, physical, fast teams. Um, and it's very rare for, for games like that to live up to the hype. Inevitably, somebody goes out there, and, and, and a lot of the time, like, let's be honest, one of those teams goes out there and they lay an egg. Sure. Right? It yeah. happens. We got our money's worth and then some in this game. Yeah. And it had everything, okay? It had Individual superstars, um, whether you're talking about Demetrius Davis, the quarterback for North Shore, or you're talking about um, the, the the quarterback for Duncanville, Jaquin and Jackson, Jaquin and Jackson who you think is a sophomore, um, who I think is a sophomore, and um, I'm I'm actually not convinced that he's not a 45 year old, uh, 14 year NFL vet. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Um, you had haymakers thrown back and forth. Oh yeah, huge plays. Uh huh. You had defensive massive hits. Yep. These teams were beating the snot out of each other. Yep. Um, it had everything. It had everything. And then. And if it ended there. Yep. If you remove the final three seconds of that game, and this game ends Duncanville 36, uh, North Shore 35, you have an instant classic is what you have. You have an instant classic. Yep. And then. <laughs> We got perhaps the single most remarkable play yep. in Texas high school football history. Yep. A 45-yard yep. Hail Mary touchdown pass to from Demetrius Davis to A.J. Carter to win a title. Yep. The final play of the 2018 Texas high school football season was a state championship winning Hail Mary. It was amazing. In prime time, yep. with everyone watching, yep. because this game was trending nationally yep. on Twitter, with everyone watching, it got a huge chunk of Sports Center. It got a big, big chunk of Sports Center. Yeah, it got. Um, I mean, it went. The, the play went viral. Yep. I think an underrated part of this, an underrated part of this, yep. is that they had to review it, because I was standing up there, yeah. and, and there's a gif of me freaking out about that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but I'm standing up there with Aaron Hardigan, who is of course freaking out as well. Yeah. And I turn to her and I go, they're about to announce who won the state championship. Yeah. yeah. That never happened. Right. Like, the the referee is about to walk out there yeah. and say who the state champion is. Yeah. Is it Duncanville or is it North Shore? Right. And there was that moment yeah. of, are they going to overturn this? Was he past the line of scrimmage? Was he in bounds? And you have that moment where you're like, there's, there's no way he caught it. Yes. It's going to juggle around. It's There's no way. I'm so glad you mentioned it. And that. then you see the replay and you go, you have that moment all over again. And it came out with me in our, our recap video, which like 50,000 views, by the way. <laughs> like the most viewed video we've ever done on anything uh, on YouTube, uh, where I just went, holy bleep. Yeah. Because he caught it. You'd yeah. already gone, oh, my God, he caught it once. And you have the same reaction yeah. again because you can't believe it. No. You're, the, the review is going to ruin it. Yes, you're it's exactly going to ruin right. it. The review is going to ruin this moment. The and ball then, is going to get bobbled. And then all we're going to talk about is this call. Yeah. But 
he the call was perfect. There was no doubt that it was a legal was play, and there was a touchdown. Unbelievably clear. Like I couldn't believe how clear yes, a touchdown exactly. It was. You never see yeah. games like. There's always like, oh, did he yeah. no? It was yeah. perfect. It was perfect, and it was the most. I think the most amazing thing I've witnessed live in sports. Yeah. Is that play? And I watched Manville and Highland Park last yeah. year. Like, yeah. ima- I would love for this to become a competition where we just one up yeah. <laughs> every single year. Be like, right. oh, well, you guys had an instant classic. Well, how about this? And then next year, there's going to be like a 99 yard run to win a title. It was crazy. It was crazy. It is so spectacular in every single way that it will live in Texas high school football lore forever. Yeah. And I am just so happy I was there. I'm just so happy I was there. Can I, I can I share a moment from the press box? Of course. Or our, our little booth where we were. Um, the Duncanville goes down and scores. I think there's like a minute three left. 102. 102 left. Guys, Duncanville and won the game. <laughs> North Shore won the game. I know. Oh, well, like, yeah, 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 yeah. won okay. the game, basically. Yeah, yeah, How many yeah, times do you yeah, see yeah. a one, like yeah. a touchdown with a one minute one. two and you go, wow, they did it. But this is why this story is great because Ish turns to me and he's like, and I'm like, they got plenty of time. They got this. They got 62 this. seconds. I'm, I'm sitting there going, they got this. They got this. Uh-huh. Everything happens. Oh, my God. What? You react three times to them winning the game. Holy crap. Everything starts to calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then I turn to Ishmael and I go, hey, Ish, told you. <laughs> <laughs> there was – I was standing by the – I was standing by the uh, – I was at the set because we had to do high school school board live after that. And I like obviously there was a crowd of people there and they're all watching me freak out in real time, and then like afterwards I'm still freaking out and they're talking about it and they're like dude like people like dude how about that and I turn to one of them and I go well the most important thing is that I picked North Shore so I was right right (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly are you kidding me yeah it's it's um it's a singular moment in Texas high school football history yeah that will live forever. And, and 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 what's what's great is that it's not a singular moment in an otherwise dull game. Like people people mention all the time that Plano East John Tyler game, which had the crazy onside kicks, right? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Guys, most of that game was pretty boring. Most of that game was John Tyler just beating the yeah. tar out of people. It was a crazy finish. It was a crazy yeah. finish, right? Yeah. This game, if you watch it from start to finish, is an unbelievable football game if you remove the final play. Yeah. To add that on yeah. makes it a, 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 a wonder. It is a wonder, and I am privileged to have been there. Yeah, it was great. And uh, Corey Hoke says right after uh, that catch, Tepper looked at me and said, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like, yeah. The other thing about the review, this like came up afterwards, and Lehman brought it up, and he and this was like a mini controversy that he had crossed the line of scrimmage. It wasn't even close. No, there's a good half yard. There, he, I mean, I don't think he might have had like a foot on the line, but remember, in you have to be completely, completely over, the over the line. Every part of you. It, it was not close. It was not close. You could see on the replay pretty easily, but that was the thing afterwards. It's like, oh, clearly he must have been over the line, and they were too focused on the catch. It wasn't. No, he was behind the line. The whole thing was just crazy. It, it was, all. It was all legal and guys, insane. It was, and the thing was, for a Hail Mary, yeah. that was a dime. Yeah. That was on the – that's exactly where it needed to be. Yeah. It was a perfect throw. Yeah. How many quarterbacks throw that out of the back of the end zone? How many quarterbacks throw that out of bounds? Yeah, or don't get it quite or far enough. Or get it uh, – yeah. it lands the three-yard line. Yeah. 
I every day until August. Yep. I'm going to say, oh my God, the final play of the season was yep. a hail mary to win a state championship. Yep. It was pretty great. Uh, I can't believe it. Yeah. I still it's, it's been ten days. Yep. I can't believe it. Yeah. There you go. Those are the rankings. Um. What a weekend, and it what was, a what a spectacle! Yeah. And if you don't like Texas high school football now, we can't be friends. <laughs> um, and now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment: yeah. the gripping, yeah, year-end finale. Yeah. Of Final thoughts. Yeah, um, yeah. We've gone for an hour twenty. I know, right? Yeah, we've gone forever. Sorry, yeah. And I, sorry, not to sorry. be clear with Lehman, I wasn't calling him out. It's just like that was a thing that people were talking about. Yeah. It's like no, I can't believe it either. But he was not over the line of scrimmage. Um. I'm going to get some questions real quick here. Uh, Samuel DeLeon says, uh, why can't Tep spell Shehan J. Raj's name? Maybe put a sticker on his laptop. I, I think that's a great idea. S-H-E-H-A-N-J-E-Y-A-R-A-J-A-H. Give that man a cookie. Boom! There you go. Uh, man, this is tough. Miziel wants to know which game did not go the way I we thought at all. Um... Probably Newton. Probably Canadian. Newton. But I, I'll tell you what. I think they, I think they missed Tamaja Brown yep. big time. You could see that their passing game had no depth yeah. to it, and so Canadians stacked the box. Yeah. And so that game didn't go the way we thought. Um, that's really everything else went kind of different shades yeah. of. I would say Mason's dominance over New Deal was a little bit su- surprising because yeah. I thought I thought that uh, New Deal's uh, speed was going to give him a little bit more trouble, yeah. but no. Yeah. Th- that would be that would be every other one kind of went different yeah. shades of what we thought could happen. Um, Lehman also pointing out agree on the Strawn game. Uh, remember when Max was giving you grief about Strawn being the lock to win a state championship over his Newton pick? I'll give you that one. I'll give you guys both of that one. Although Fair you enough. also said Mart. And you were saying Mart and Mart and Newton. Martin Newton. And but, Mark uh, was exactly eh, right. But that was pretty impressive from Strawn, so you, you yeah. get credit. Uh, Aaron Flynn, we did get your Judson shirt, my man. This has been a crazy time to be receiving mail, but it is sitting out there. We cannot wait. Couple ammo. Uh, I've got a ton of shirts to hang up in here. There's a lot of blank walls that no one can see in here, but uh, we'll be showing them off more once we now get Now it's the offseason. Yeah, right. Uh, Jacob John says, hey, didn't know you were going to be live today. I was waiting for Wednesday. We will be on Wednesday. We'll be on Wednesday, too. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, that. Friday. I'm, no, wait, just Wednesday. I'm gone Thursday, Friday. So, so if, we'll you, if you want to try and do a show, no, that we'll do a Wednesday problem. show. No, my quit. problem. Um, finally, mm-hmm. off-season plans. I see Eddie Jackson saying, great job, guys. We'll see you next season. No, 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 no. Buddy, when we say we're here Don't every... Don't touch that dial. Guys, I know that I say it quickly, but I, when I say we're here every yeah. weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com yeah. talking football in the Lone Star State, yeah. I don't mean during the season. Yeah. I mean, this is a year-round show. We're your high school, f- we're your, we're your high school football, college football, yeah. and recruiting fix in the state of Texas, yeah. plus additional nonsense. Right. Um, we ain't going anywhere, baby. First order of business, the Pick'em Contest. Oh, oh, God. I have actually not scored it yet. Oh, but buddy. Ed McElroy who I trust implicitly and who was basically my only main challenger for the title, says, I have won it. He did the math, and I won it. I don't know what that means for the rest of you, other than, as usual, I'm the smartest person in the room, and don't you forget it. (coughs) Speaking of which, the people have asked for it. They want us to watch Friday Night Lights and review it. I am coming up with a format. Now, here's my dilemma, and I'm asking the people because I trust you guys, and it was your idea. Is that Netflix? doesn't matter we can get it the point is i don't think it's reviewing it episode by episode for five five seasons is insane no on the other hand one season per podcast seems like not enough maybe we do a part one part two of each season like 10 podcasts 
and do like go an hour and a half and just do a long a long dive. Now I want to be clear about this. This will be taped. Episode. Yes. We will have to Home tape these, edit them. There'll be then, bonus in your feed. And it, th- we may play them live oh. after they're recorded. We'll, you know, uh, but. And then be in the comments talking with you guys as okay. we, we reveal certain things. I'm coming up with a format. So the first here's here's the thing. First season's 22 episodes. Okay. The second season is 15, and okay. then the final three seasons are 13 episodes. Okay. So I'm okay doing two podcasts for each season. That'll be 10 podcasts. That would be 10 podcasts. I'm okay with this too. I think we're gonna do it up big. I think we're gonna do them as like video video shows that we edit. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll record them live as we kind of go through our thoughts. Then I'll edit the pieces together, a lot like the Pix video. And we'll do it that way. I can't see what any of you are saying because my computer just died because we the show went way longer than it normally does. <laughs> but I will go through the comments and see if you guys have any suggestions. I do think like some of the aspects of the show will be, you know, what uh, what most fits what we've experienced behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? Because I think we're probably the right people for that. We need to get Matt Step involved in this, by mm-hmm. the way, because it would be weird without him. We're going to have to do some breaking down of plays and what we can tell from the cinematic experience of the play experience. I'm working on some categories. It's going to be a format, but that's what we're going to do. We'll probably start doing it before the end of this month because this is the time to do it. January, February, March is the best time for us to do this. That's off-season order of business number one. I know we have a fun March Madness idea in the works Mm -hmm. that's football-related. And then we'll come up with some other ideas. If there's anything else you guys want us to do in the off-season, Drop us a note in the comments. Send us an email. Let us know about something you think would be fun to do in the offseason. It's something that you want to see from us. We'd be happy to do it. We've got some stuff in the works already. We won't be short on content. But this is a show by the people for the people of Texas High School Football. Let us know what you want to do. Otherwise, we're going to be here doing what we do all the time, talking to coaches, talking about their off-seasons, getting an idea of what's going on for next season. We'll start talking about the title favorites, I'm sure, soon. For next year, early title favorites for next year. Can I have like a minute? I'm just saying we will. I'm not saying you have to do it right now. Uh, So a lot of that stuff's coming. Don't stop showing up. We love having you guys here, and we're going to keep on talking about football through the offseason. Probably not as often because I do like to have a few days off, but we'll be here a lot. Um, So, yeah. Thanks for a great season. Let's uh, let's jump into 2019 doing bigger and better things. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us and part of your year with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. Please be safe out there today, tonight. Don't be idiots. We'll see you Wednesday on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.